Hello! Welcome to Medicated Mofos with Micah and Jason. This is Micah. This is Jason. <laughs> this is our first podcast, officially. Um, so, I will tell you, as we said in our trailer, cannot predict um, or prevent you from listening or hearing anything you don't want to. <laughs> it's basically going to be whatever happens. Pretty much the opposite of Twilight Zone. <laughs> wow. We don't control what you hear. <laughs> well, maybe we do, but we don't control anything else either. So, so yeah. Start us off. Well, I just felt that, you know what, let's start a podcast and just uh, talk about whatever. I know there's a lot of stuff that's in my head that a lot of people can't explain, and maybe if they hear it and they understand it, maybe they can feel a little bit more at home. Because I am crazy. I am borderline. I don't know borderline, but I have a lot of things in my head that I know about and want to talk about. Hopefully, maybe this podcast helps that. So, yeah. What's, What's probably the biggest thing that you think about most days? Every single thing I do, I, I have been thinking about what my impact is uh, globally. Yeah. You know, if, if I decide to buy a container from somewhere, well, then I realize that if I get a container from somewhere, that it's going to end up in the garbage and then it's going to go somewhere else. Okay. And a, ha- lot, a lot of that time, a lot of time has been spent in the last couple of months just thinking about how I can be more efficient that way. How to make as little as an imprint as possible? Exactly. So how do we do that? I mean, what's, what's very something small, obviously it's not going to happen overnight, but what's one thing that a person could do every day that says... I want to be more mindful about the planet that I live on. I think just making that conscious decision of going that route because it's not a it's not an easy thing to say. I'm gonna focus on thinking about everything I do in a mindset of the environment or you know the structure that we're in. Okay. Micah is very, um, what do I say, um, ecologically aware, is what I would say, because he has a very big drive about looking at, potentially in the future, the our quote-unquote dream home being a cargo container, you know, using composting for, for uh, soil and growing and conserving conserving rainwater and uh, utilizing solar panels for energy and just really being off the grid in a way of utilizing as little impact ecologically and financially as possible so and he's done extensive research and and loves to watch those tiny homes videos on Netflix and 
Oh Lord, I can't even tell you the number of YouTube videos <laughs> that have been. Yeah. Uh, it's let's say at a moment there's just, there's just a little line where I'm like, okay, we got to watch something else because I can't watch another show about this. <laughs> and he'll tell me, he'll say, I, I've watched four videos on composting and how it helps tomatoes and. And how to make pickles, and then I'll switch it up and be like, I want to look at the newest and what's going on with uh, guns, you know. And then I'll I'll look at uh, you know Browning or you know a shotgun or handgun, and I'll go into that wormhole. Mike is very ADD, ADHD, um, in the respect of his thought process is all over the place. And sometimes we have arguments or, you know, get upset about communication just because he is on a whole another level because of his synapses are firing on such a high spectrum. Sometimes he'll just throw out a phrase and say, yeah, those tomatoes that we saw the other day. And I'm like... We haven't talked about this in over an hour. I'm like, what? Where did that come? What are you talking about? And he gets frustrated when I start to probe and ask more questions. But then, we work it out. We we find a a middle ground. But sometimes it's like, okay, fuck it up. I have to like. It's so layered, and because his thought process is so is just constantly moving. I mean, it's I can't even say, I like a lightning storm because I. I I can even imagine what his brain goes through. Sorry about that. We have two little doggies, 3PO and R2, and sometimes they, uh, 3PO is, uh, only has three paws, so his name's 3PO because he only has three paws on. He was born without a right front paw, but he is the sweetest little boy. And yes, we are going to ramble and go off on tangents. But, I admire him in so many ways because of overcoming not only his ADHD and his dyslexia but sometimes it is a struggle you know communication wise and we talk about that a lot but but yeah he sometimes he is so full of I don't want to say useless information it's just he has done so much research and so much and on so many things so sometimes he is just like Pew, 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 with his thoughts, and I'm just like, okay, it's when uh, I don't have a clue where they came from. <laughs> yeah, and I'll admit it, because I do, I do it 60 more times in my head than I actually admit to it when I bring up conversations that we've had in the past. Because I've been like wanting to bring something up when we pass something like a car that has certain hubcaps that connects me not to the hubcaps. But to a movie that we watched that had those hubcaps in the movie, and it was three quarters of the way through the movie, and that's where it was, and that's where I was connecting it to, and I was trying to connect you to the point of where we were at in our conversation at the time that we were watching the movie, at the time that I had seen those. Oh, that's so true. I cannot even begin to tell you. <laughs> It's just like it's 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 a game. 
sometimes trying to keep up because he is, you know, it's just so many thoughts at one time and it may be an image, a smell, a, it could be anything that reminds him of the thought that he had that he wanted to convey X amount of time frame. Yeah, I have no idea on what conversation at what time that happened and sometimes it's a, it's a struggle, but we make it work. We do. It's always fun. <laughs> it's a Tetris game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking. No, I, I, it's I, a it's a mental Tetris game. <laughs> I always tell Jason that before I bring up like memories and stuff like that, that I have to do the minority report, where I go through all of the thoughts I have in my head, and then. Uh, if I you have Medicaid, Medicaid. Oh yeah, because I'm going down a rabbit hole. We'll do it. We'll talk about that later. Or the rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, what was I talking about? I was thinking, remember, right now it's a rabbit hole. How you dissect conversations in our oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'll have five conversations in my head, like right now. Now, granted, I can't remember any of them because I was just asking what conversation we were just having about I what we were having because conversation at. I know that I struggle because I'm high and he got still kept up with the, converse, the, <laughs> the thread. <sighs> but yeah, that's that's what I call it. I, ha- I have to go through a, a phase of minority reporting in my own head with boxes. And each memory is a box, and I have to pull out of that box the exact moments that I'm thinking about and try to make conversation. And the problem with that, though, is because I'm so evolved in that conversation that I'm in in my own head that Jason's not there. And I bring it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, talking about the exact conversation in my head. I mean, from detail-wise. Like, no, we, you were buying a hot dog and... Not a hot dog. He hates hot dogs. Have a podcast. We're buying something in the, in, in the, in the drive-thru. And, and it comes to a memory that I have. Something of, uh, you know, what's going on with that... Uh, you know that particular memory and I'll connect it with him and expect him to know about a conversation that we had four days ago sorry we're having a little our two little pups are being strange and our little girl we love her to death her name is R2D2 but we always call her R2 because obviously she's a sibling of 3PO, who only has three paws on. She is the polar fucking opposite of Absolutely. Uh, he is cuddly and loving and emotional, and you just tell, I mean, because he was the runt and he was born with a disability, he does his best, and even when we don't take walks, like, we know it's, it's been a long walk because... He's like super, his, but his front paw is fucking, I'm telling you, if he was a human, he'd be Arnold Schwarzenegger with that front fucking paw. 
be a one-armed Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that little boy has the front. I mean, he is, yeah, he is stout. Probably, probably two of his rear legs is equivalent to that front, front paw. But, because he chases her around, and he, <laughs> I'm telling you, people are like, oh, he only your legs. Don't, don't bow to him. That boy does anything and everything a, a normal dog does, because in his mind, he is a regular dog. And he grew up that way, and he's just bouncy and happy and so cuddly. His sister, R2, is a totally different beast. It's the thunder. She, she is. She's got like a goddamn cat. We call her, he'll say kitty kitty to her because she is very evasive. Like, and you don't know on a daily basis. It could change halfway through the day as to whether or not she wants to be cuddly and lovey and hey how are you and then it's like uh no 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 distance Shame. I will touch you <laughs> you know did I ask you to pet me no and then she'll just climb on you and start and it's like it's she is yeah but on that end she also is a huge protector of him I mean not only even as puppies, she was always like, where's he at? What's he doing? They have a link, I cannot tell you, out of seven? Six. Six. Out of a litter of six, these two not only look the most alike, and thank God they look like their mother and not their father. Their father was a chowini and butt ugly as hell. <laughs> their mother was Cocker Spaniel. So they got the most looks and hair and everything of their mother and thank god because ugh, can you imagine anyway they are just they are yin and yang they are polar opposites and connected on a to another level because you cannot take one out of the room with the other one immediately like noticing whining you know but and she will because Even she's the big sleeping. sister Yesterday we had an incident where we were walking them, and there was a schnauzer. And it's just a curious, you know, they're not really, like, attacking them. Atta you know, they're not trying to hurt them. It's more of a dominance, you know, you're my territory, that kind of stuff. She goes limp and just immediately falls on the ground. Usually rolls on her back if another dog comes up. You, you know what I just noticed? That? She rolls on her back if it's a male. But she'll scrunch down if it's a female. But yesterday it was. She scrunched down the schnauzer, kind of you know, and did a little bit. But if it was male then female. they, she, the owner got her away, and then the schnauzer got away from the leash, bro, or the leash. She got that leash out of her hand. Little girl was like, "Uh, uh, no, ma'am, you need to get in your place." And she stood and snapped back and snarled it there, and I was like, "Damn." Like, that was a different side. And actually, what, what you don't know is with the tension on the leash, mm -hmm. when I stuck my left foot up, you remember that? Yeah. And I, I let her leash go. And when she felt that leash go, mm -hmm. she knew that it was okay to step up to him. Because but, I knew exactly how tight both leashes were. And you had boy... 
and I could, I could literally feel the tension between both leashes, but I, I knew her, and I knew that she needed that little bit of, just, you know, extra little bit to escape. Mm-hmm. And be her, and that's that's when she stepped up, stepped for herself, and and she she you know popped him with his with her nose. And I think part of that was too. She was also defending him. And I think you that mentioned was, that. Yeah. And it was was like totally. I didn't even think about that at the time because it's more like okay, I gotta watch this dog and watch this dog, make sure they don't hurt each other. And then when she went back, and R two was like, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna sit by while you." Bully me, that was, it was yeah. like, oh, okay. But that's when I released the... Well, that's when I pushed the other schnauzer away towards her owner, because I was like, okay, this is not working, you need to get your dog. You know, and we haven't been the best with socializing. Well, But at the no. same time... It's like, how do you... How was it... How do you date a dog parent? <laughs> but seriously, it's like, how do you randomly find, you know, so they can hang out with other dogs and get to see, you know, it's like a doggy daycare yeah. <laughs> in a sense because it's like, you know, you don't, if you live in an apartment or even in a house, unless they see other dogs or socialize with them, how the fuck are they supposed to know what's normal or what's protocol or Well, I'm pretty sure the examples that they have been given aren't the best either. Well, the first eight months that they were alive. Not eight months. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't eight months. It couldn't have been eight months. It was... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Um, They were in a house with, like... Oh, my Jesus. What, 12? 18, 18 other animals. I mean, there was... Two, no, because four, there, literally there it was eighteen animals because you know, Gypsy was still there. Six, so eight, four, no, two, four, six is ten, twelve. I think it was twelve. No, fourteen. No. Fourteen animals in one sitting, all indoors. Um, kind of let run free. I mean, they were kind of... It's a fucking okay corral. (laughs) It was... For dogs. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) they were a outside and stuff, but it was basically the litter, the parents of the litter, two other dogs that were the homeowners, and then another two dogs that were his parents. And that's like... I mean... And then there was... And that's not even counting the humans that were around. No, that's, that's their parents. There's 14. Total. 14 animals yeah. and a humans yeah so yeah it was, it was it was a lot but they've been so great I mean yeah every once in a while she'll get in the trash and we're like want to smack her around and want to choke her but I mean, really she, it is, she is a, yeah a lot we need to do that I don't know but they're great dogs. They'll be. They just turned two in March. Their their birthday was actually on the National Puppy Day birthday anniversary. So yeah, they've been a great addition. And even though I didn't sign up for, I 
we were only supposed to get the runt, I, and I somehow had to, I walked had spend, away. I had to spend like two months working on him just to get the runt. It's like, I don't know, maybe it's not the best thing for us. And, it, and then I said, you know, because I had known that my sister's daughters were pregnant. Right. That she was pregnant. And that's, that's always been my thing, give me the runt. Because you know what? Runs have so much to offer and character. It they is, really do. It really is because they have to do they so much struggle. extra. They were the one above the ones that didn't make it because they didn't struggle enough. And they but, had to fight, mm-hmm. and he had to fight every single way because he had to fight. And uh, yeah, but even though, and although, I would have taken him in a heartbeat, and I didn't really look forward to having two dogs and it was one of those well you really need to have two so the one has a... I will tell you right now I am so happy we got both of them at the same time together I, that it would be I can't even uh, imagine either of them I don't know what would happen to her yeah um, being separated from him yeah not even so much him separated from her mm-hmm. but her being separated from him just the simple fact that she she can't be away from him if, if she's if she's more than 10 feet away from him even in a dead sleep. Oh, yeah. She knows it. I remember in our old apartment in Norman where we... <laughs> he said, I'm going to go take a nap and I'm going to take the boy. And I'm like... I was sitting on the couch. I had a blanket over me. She was on my lap and I had a blanket over both of us. So she was under the blanket. And I was like, it's not a good idea. I promise you she's going she's gonna to cause a scene. And you're like, no, she won't even know. And I'm like, Okay. You were out of that... When you closed the door, I think... It took a whole five seconds for her... Because she rustled around at the blanket... And then, boom! Her head popped out. She looked around and started searching the entire space... To see where he was. And then when she realized he was not in the room... It was... I was like, oh, this is not going to... And after about a full minute of that... I was like, okay, I opened the door... I was like, he's got... Yeah, can't... No... Not a, not a chance. These two are inseparable. And they are such the better counterparts for each other. They really are. Anywho, wow, we they're, got off on a... They are the best partners. They are! Okay. After ten minutes of talking about our doggies, let's talk about something else. What are you thinking about? <laughs> So let's talk about us. Talk about you. What are you? Uh, well, what, you what's, what's your actually, background? Since, since this is the first podcast, yeah. Let's let's go to the beginning of us. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I see. So I was going to talk about us as far as where we grew up and our back, our past. Okay. I'll I'll go. I'll start yeah. then. Boy, it's a long one, but. Well, oh. the highlights. Your bio, not not your. Not your cold, your, your biography. I'm sorry. I love you to death. We don't have that kind of time on this podcast. To be honest, I don't remember a lot of places because. Just where you were born, how you grew up, where you moved to, what places you've lived in. I was was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. 1982. Uh. 
How long did you live there? Oh, I don't remember So it was like... What, around? Around was... Around Milwaukee. 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 Well, we moved to Florida probably around, like... How old were you? Third grade. Okay. So, yeah. And we moved down there because my parents had split up and gone through a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. And that's the reason I don't remember a lot of that. Previous is a lot of hypnosis and, and just therapy. So you move back? Uh, well, what had happened was we, so third grade, we ended up moving down to Tampa. Okay. How long were you there? Probably, so, well, a long time because third, fourth, uh, probably sixth, yeah, it was sixth grade. So three years? Yeah. Okay. And uh, when we came back to Wisconsin, my parents had actually found a place in uh, place in Milwaukee off Highway 100, and the school district for the junior high was Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, and don't don't go to, no 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 we don't go to the rubber hole. Just focus on. I'm talking about where I went. I know, but I know and, you uh, mentioned Flick with right. You know I both know that you will go down a tangent about I'm not that. Talk about that. Okay. Right so now. how long did you live in Milwaukee Milwaukee? Milwaukee. After you moved back to Florida. <laughs> oh little boy. Come here. Come on. So I didn't leave Wisconsin until I was It was probably 2000. Yeah, How old were you? When I first left Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I came back from Florida. Well, moving back from Florida, we ended up staying in Wisconsin until, you know, my parents left and came down to Oklahoma. So and what was that? Well, my parents ended up moving down to Oklahoma officially in uh, 2000. And 14. Okay. So it's been a hot minute. You were yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. Mostly in Wisconsin. And then I had I had a few lives in Vegas. <laughs> and then <laughs> I've lived in St. Louis. How long have you lived in Oklahoma? All around, probably about six years now. Okay. Because I mean, you moved to Dallas for a little bit and then came back. Okay. But yeah, probably six years. All around. See, I'm fairly boring in that respect because I've only, I was born and raised in Oklahoma. And my family didn't like to move a lot a lot mainly because my father said that my well my grandmother was a gypsy of sorts <laughs> she loved to move and he told me that in his life they probably lived in 30 different places 
Yeah, that totally because makes sense. That's probably she where was, we were at. I mean, I, she wasn't a drifter. She wasn't a nomad. She just didn't like living in one place for very long. The crazy fucking part about all of this is that I remember in two years' time, she lived in four different houses in two blocks. In two years' time? Four houses? We moved her. In two blocks? In two? It was like... She lived there for a minute, and then she's like, okay, I'm ready for a change, and she would move to another house. And I was just like, seriously, woman, what is your fucking problem? Um, she lived in Oklahoma, Missouri, California, Arizona for a little bit. Uh, he dabbled in Texas, but then came back to Oklahoma. It was just, yeah, he told me that there was so many times they had moved so many, he was like, I don't want to do that to my family. He ended up leaving home when he was 16. Living on his own. And he stayed with my uncle, his brother. Shit, that's a... <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a moment because... Um, although my story is very dull, the fact that I was born and raised in Oklahoma, my family situation is totally all over the place because... I was raised in a very conservative, religious, well, let's talk about what it is, it's a cult. <laughs> and my father was a pastor for over 30 years, and after coming out in 2009, I only lived in probably four places my whole life, and that was only because I moved out of my house at 18. We lived in the same house since I was from third grade until I graduated high school and then I moved it on my own and my only draw and stay for that town is because hey, this of recording, right? yeah the reason I left that town was because of family and church that was the only reason I also stayed because I was told all my life even though I didn't really realize it until I was a teenager. I mean, I always knew I was gay. <laughs> Let's be honest. I knew it since I was five or six. But when you're a pastor's kid and your whole life was the church, um, that person's a little hard to separate. And when you hear you're unnatural, you're an abomination, you're um, doomed to destruction. It was. It took me a hot minute to feel realize that shit. That's me. They're talking about me. So I did everything I was supposed to in church for thirty four years. Well, right at thirty four, I was like two months shy of my thirty fourth birthday. So that's when everything changed. That's when life became real, and that's when I was. Oh, sorry. I guess you. Didn't, <laughs> you could say I was woke. And the fact that um, I was in survivalist mode of either killing myself or staying where I was at in that respect. So I had to find who I really was. So it took me a long time. I mean, I had gone 11 years without speaking to my immediate family. Father, mother, brother, sister-in-law, aunt, and one uncle. But you know what? 
My life is so fucking much better. Um, I've been some, through some shit. Even after that, it's not. And <laughs> life is not a picnic. If shit just happens, you just have to deal with it. I always <laughs> have this saying: Everyone has baggage. It just depends on how you can carry it. <laughs> is it a satchel? Is it a duffel bag? Is it a freight train? <laughs> Or cargo, <laughs> as to whether or not you can fit it all in there. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy in my life right now, and I have a lot for the man who's also on this podcast to thank for that. So, is that Wisconsin? Kind of. What has your life been? What have you? What is your like career path, your personal life, what have you what road do you like to go down? Pretty much check all trades. <laughs> I'm one of those people that it doesn't matter what's happening in front of me or where I have to be. If somebody needs a push off the road or a jump start or whatever they need. I'm going to be that douchebag that parks his car in the oh. middle of the road and helps that guy out. I'll be there, I'll be there. Don't you know that? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You'll hear a lot of music because my mind, although Micah is all over the place because of so much information he has in his head, mind is music. I am a walking jukebox. I have always been driven by music since as long as I can remember. I think I even have... No, I don't think... No, I don't. There's a cassette tape of when I was five years old singing the two songs I learned in kindergarten. And it's something I will always remember because that was my first introduction to... I say music. I was already involved in music, but I mean, it would just, it, I connected with it on so much, an ethereal level of, wow, that's amazing, that I, and I didn't know until probably when I started kindergarten that I really connected with that, because it was, we sang in church, there wasn't a choir, it was just the whole congregation. That sang the hymns and yet never connected until I was in school that I really, that was an outlet for me. Yeah. And. That's when you start singing in a shower. <laughs> no, I just sing to myself. I mean, at five years old when you're in kindergarten, you know, you're really not focusing on that kind of stuff, but I knew. There was a switch that turned in my brain at that moment. I, I knew when I heard that. I was like, huh. And then my parents got me a little... <sighs> We're talking 1979, 1980. So sorry. I'm dating myself. Fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> it was... I don't think it was a, a Disney box, but... It was almost it was one of those record players that you had to put plastic records in yes, and plug into the wall. Yes, the two inch. Yes, and you could play the ha da da. It was all lullabies and you know different kind of 
My stories sister had and shit. One, and we broke it because we put something on it. <laughs> but I'll have yeah, the little edges and the little gold leaf where you yeah. can see the little where the the, the, the intentions were for the play. Different song was. Um, but yeah, and that was part of the, that was another part of the recording that my parents did because I was singing along to the lullaby, and I don't know. It's just even as I grew up into my adolescence and teens, it was I knew that music was a huge part of my being. That that was a relatable communication that I had on such a oof, universal level, but didn't ever go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But I think that was why I was so, not distraught, but so shocked. <sighs> because my very conservative upbringing in a cult, everything was controlled. Video games, television, movies, music, blah, blah. Even, yeah, we'll go down there another way. I bought a, the first album that live had out. Lightning Crashes was one of my favorite fucking songs on the radio. Lightning Crashes and no mother grass. A placenta falls to the floor. And it just. uh. Now, that was their fucking ballad because the rest of their CD. Was like, yeah, yeah, it was a rock. Yeah. They were a rock band. It wasn't fucking heavy metal. It wasn't thrash metal. It wasn't like, it wasn't Metallica. It wasn't screaming and you know just not. I was listening to that CD. I don't know. CD. Here, it was a CD in my disc player. Okay, first first CD. For no, not my very first ever purchase. You know, no, my first. <laughs> Real quick. Okay, let's, let's go, go down there. that road. Yeah, let's go there. My I, first I hear it. two CDs I ever bought. Yeah. When I bought a CD player in service merchandise and thought I was the shit. Because I could afford and had saved up for this CD player. I bought two CDs. Beethoven Symphonies. Okay, number five. All of them. It was an anthology. So it's like a big... No, it was only two CDs. And Amy Grant... Some of the motion. In the motion. Heart emotion. Heart emotion! Heart in motion! Oh my God! That was... Whew! You just said that case. I know, I don't care, but it's... It was like... But you have to see the spectrum of that. Yes, Amy Grant. I had been taking piano lessons since third grade. I was, God, I mean, probably fifth, sixth, seventh grade by this time. Amy Grant, yeah. And I had saved up so much and saw, and Amy Grant was on the radio constantly. And it was just, she was pop, although I never knew at the beginning she had originally gospel. Yeah. Um, it was, okay, I want a pop CD and I want a classical CD because I, music was just, I was so clicking on it. So anyway, go back, music being in the core, I wasn't allowed to sing outside of church. 
and I say it aloud. I was told that any extracurricular activity outside of school was forbidden. And how I was raised. So, in high school, the choir always practiced after school. Well, because it was after school hours, my restrictions were I had to go to school, come home, do my homework if I had any, and if and when I finished, one hour of Bible study. Myself, I had to look it up. I had to do references. I had to pull out the concordance and the pull out the whatever you know encyclopedia, whatever I had to in order to do manual research on this topic. Biblically, and if and only then, I finished my homework, my religious studies, then I could have free time. But all of that was monitored because. When I say I was raised on Disney, I was not allowed to watch anything more than a PG-13 movie. And I cannot even begin to tell you how many movies we walked out of. If there was a sexual scene or scene in the windows or language, I can't tell you how many times my father looked over me and said, We're leaving. And I was like, oh my god, how fucking embarrassing. All four of us get up and walk out of the theater because... And that's like... Yeah, it was just so, it was like, oh my god. But, you know what, those are memories, it just, it is what it is, and you move on. You realize who you are, and, and say, fuck it, you know. Family is not always blood. It's definitely chosen. And it is chosen, because I have more moms in my life. Then I, I could say I want, but people I could call up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I'm having a hard time, I'm struggling, shit's going down, they would be there for me in a second. And I only realized that because I left the family, I was, Jesus, that sounds so factorial. I almost said I was given to like I was just handed over sorry had a moment Um, what does that mean the family that you were like you you don't have a choice who you're blood family is. It doesn't matter immediate family, extended family, so forth and so on. You can't choose blood. It's people fucking other people and making other humans. It's like, uh, you have those cousins, you have those people in your family, you're just like, "Mm, I I hope to Jesus they don't show up to the reunion. (laughs) And yet, when you go through a time in your life where you feel alone, you truly find out who your family is. And there are times when you find communities in any given given shape or form who are your family because they rally around you and they let you know they are there for you. Right, wrong, or indifferent. 
And that took some time for me, even after I left the church, to realize because I struggled so deeply with such an ingrained philosophy and doctrine of how to believe about the Bible, how to think about family, how to do this, how to do that. It was so fucked up to where I had to reset on me and I had to set boundaries even for my immediate family. They wouldn't talk to me unless they wanted to just check in. And it was once every two, three years when you're in disaster. We're living in Oklahoma. Obviously, a tornado was fucking happened. Are you okay? Were you there? And it's like, why do you care? Now, all of a sudden. Like, you don't know anything about me in my life. But you want to know if I'm okay. Yet, yeah. is that really going to change anything? Is that going to do anything for you to make it better? Because you know you have no communication with me. I've been excommunicated from the church. Um, and finally I had to put my foot down and say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. It was like four or five years ago. I just said, you know what? You can't resurrect a ghost when you want to on your terms. So... If you want to be a part of my life, let me know. Otherwise, please lose my phone number. I need to get medicated. Okay. Hee, <laughs> wow, that was very deep. We well, went. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can, I can totally agree because you know what? Growing up in a Lutheran household, there were certain things that you had to do. And then everything got worse by 10, 24 when I went to a Lutheran high school. And then they expected me to learn Old Testament, New Testament, and then give a thesis on it. Well, Jesus. Seriously? Like a senior thesis? Uh, that's what my senior thesis was, but like I like uh, had to explain um, I never knew that. My senior thesis, they, they let me go. They, I didn't have to do it because I was so stressed about it for like three months that it almost made me sick. Because what I had done was for my senior thesis in, in high school is take on a challenge. It shouldn't be risking on anyone less than a theologian of major scholars and very, very deep faith. Because what I did was I went and I compared the religions. Which everyone should. And then I made a bar graph. And then I made a pie graph. And then I brought everything to fruition and threw a, a paper that I wrote that everyone's looking at everybody else differently than they should. Amen. Because I don't get racism. 
It makes me sick. Ditto. Like on any form. And it's like... That was one of the only... I say not one of the only... One of the positive things about how I was raised is that the religion, although conservative and fucking cult, they did believe in all races, all nationalities. Now, some of it is because of they thought oh, that Christ should, that God, hey, hey. I want, oh. That, you know, it was a whole global, you know, organization of we got to conquer everything mentality. But, in some respects, it was great because I never grew up in a home that ever looked at skin color. Because my mother grew up in Lawton at Fort Seal in an army base. And her, her best friends were some black girls. No, no, no. No, sorry. Sorry, sorry. No, there was no. There was the whole. Okay. There was, there was some black girls and then there was Hispanic girls. Who my grandmother was Bobble studying with their grandmother, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. And it was so refreshing because... That was the two groups of families that we would meet every time we had some kind of church convention or circuit assembly because it was, hey, they're going to be here too because they're in the same area of the state. They're going to be here. My mother would, my mother would always make it an effort to, to see them because that's the people that she grew up with. I mean, she's probably in her 30s, 40s at this point. It was just reinforced that, you know what? Who gives a fuck? We're all human. Yeah. And that's a part that frustrated me is like... Let's be honest. Even there's fucking LGBTQ people who are racist. Who say, no Asians, no blacks, no this, no that. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like... We have overcome, tried to overcome so fucking... But that's different, though. That's... How? Because what they're saying and, and what we're talking about there... Uh-huh. It's for a specific reason that they're looking for someone. Why? For sex. Okay. But a race has to do with sex? Any fucking hookup has happened with any fucking person. True. Male, female, male, male, female, female. Or gender... But that's the thing. It's a, to say no, to say no, fatties, to say no, this, that, and the other, that's racist. Well, yeah. So I'm agreeing a little what you're saying. So on that point, it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? No Asians, no blacks, no whatever. It's like, how the fuck were you raised? What is that? I mean, and granted, I know when it needs. It doesn't matter what sexuality you are, you're driven towards a type of individual, whether it be male, female, tall, short, skinny, tall, fat, whatever. Don't fucking give a shit. But to specifically rule out an entire nationality or race, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, say what? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I have to rethink this. <laughs> Fifty years ago, you would have been killed. 
if you were found out. Or heavily bullied is not even the fucking term. They made fucking videos, black and white, of here's the heterosexual male and he is out to catch your children and he wants to fuck your child. When it, Seriously? Do you realize that in statistics in 2020, it's not even gay men who are the predominant percentage of child molesters? It is female women. The next is straight males. Because it is about dominance and power. It has fucking nothing to do with sex. Now, yeah, you're going to get those one or two people who are fucking, you know, in the back of a van, candy shit. Yeah, it could be sexual. But generally, it's about dominance. It's about... I have power over you. I'm going to prove that I am more powerful than you. And then I'm going to tell you that if you don't do what I say, I'm going to X, Y, or Z. No. That's part of the sickness. Because when you hear a female, a young, bo- a, a young male, how whatever age, and an older female, Oh, look at him. He's... He's fucking showing the scene, blah, blah, blah. And yet you have a male with a younger female. He should be strong by his gonads. He should do all this. Um, I'm sorry. How does that correlate? How is that any less of a violation of just because young males are more horny at a younger age than young females. Why is that a fucking option? Well, it's not an option. But it's just like so sickening that... <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Let me go to this topic. What are you talking about? Seriously. We're not talking about that anymore. But we have to finish because the way that it ended was going to... Well, Yeah. People don't say all gays are child molesters. Yeah. Or they've been abused. Or they've been oh. this. Or they've been that. Right. Or, and right. you know what? To be honest. That's a stereotype. I mean, that's the... Yeah. It's a label. And you know what I feel about labels? Oh, I know. Let me tell you about how I feel about <laughs> labels. Uh, do tell. All right. Well, I am 6'5". 300 plus. Look at that dude. A bear. And not in the... Oh, we're counting down. We gotta wrap it up. Nope. 60 minutes. We only have less than 4 minutes left. So... Yeah, Micah doesn't fit any profile. I mean, he is a... dude. In the fact of... He has a bass voice... Super tall. He is a... He did weightlifting in high school. I mean, he's a dude, dude. Um... I don't really... There is no... I mean... People have suspected I'm gay because of either how I talk or... Act or whatever the fuck. But it's one of those things of... I want to prove to people that you are who you are at your core. And I want them to know me as me... Yeah. And not prejudge me because of my sexuality. 
Because then they immediately go to... Dude, I'm going to go to the strip club with you. But... I'm not going to go to the ATM and get any money. (laughs) But I'm still going to be there for the freaking buffet. (laughs) But it's one of those things that I'm a dude. And if someone's going to put me into a label, (laughs) they're going to miss out. Wow. On so much that I have... That's a problem with society. We, everyone, I say everyone. Okay, let me retract that totally. A lot of people have this idea that you have to fit inside my box in my mind. And if I look at you, you have 0.5 seconds to me to judge you, of to place you into this box and to put you in this label, yeah, in this left, category. Right. I see a homeless person. Obviously, they fuck themselves over, they drink too much, they do this. Fucking label. You see someone who acts effeminate. Okay, they're fucking gay. Label. You have this person. They may have a short haircut. They're feminine. They have boobs. But yet they do that. They're a label. Why don't we all just fucking be human? Why can't we all just say, you are an individual. And you deserve respect like every other fucking human being on this planet. Well, see, that's the problem, though. Well, don't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> We're in too late. That's the problem, though. We're in the right spot. So anyway, at the end of this, I just... I say I hope you all enjoyed this last... Or this first podcast. Um, please like, subscribe, share. Um, and please remember at the end of the day, we are all human. Uh, no one is better you. than anyone else. And... Please just say that we all sit together in any situation we face. Love you all. Have a great weekend. And we will talk to you later. And hey, remember, that person next to you really does need a hug. Well, let's not wear a mask. (laughs) Just make sure you're wearing gloves. (laughs) Uh, We're signing out. Bye-bye.